Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. All right, everybody, welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and we have Lisa Stengel on with us. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. So nice to meet you. I know, you too. <laughs> I'm so stoked to finally be able to talk to you. So give us a little overview on yourself, what you do, where you're from, the whole nine yards. Yeah, so um, my name's Lisa. I am from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, I was born here. I was raised here. Um, it's kind of like a unicorn to actually stay in Fort Lauderdale when you're from there. So um, yeah, I, uh, I'm a captain here. I drive the water taxi that's local in Fort Lauderdale up the intercoastal waterway. Um, I'm really into diving and spearfishing and yeah, I just love the water. That's me. <laughs> how, how, how was that growing up there? Was it just like the best thing ever? Just warm water, nice weather yeah. at all times. I feel like. It's funny because like when you're a kid and I feel like this is probably true for everybody as a kid, you don't really appreciate where you're from until you start seeing other places. And I did a lot of traveling um, as I got older and realized like, wow, you know, I really like home. Like home was a lucky place to be from. So I came back and I love it. <laughs> so you actually left Fort Lauderdale and went somewhere else and then came I back. I did. Yeah, I left for school and I, I still went to school in Florida, but it was North Florida. And anybody who lives in North Florida knows it's totally different. Um, than being down here that was I was landlocked for the first time you know landlocked I was an hour away from the beach instead of 10 minutes away you know (laughs) dude that's gnarly yeah I feel like that's such a hard thing like I grew up here in California uh, in Carlsbad and it's like the best thing ever I like wake up and I have a cup of coffee and I drive to the beach real quick check the waves and if they're bad I'm like cool I'm gonna be productive today I'm gonna get stuff done maybe go work out or whatever but It's just interesting because then you go like 25, 30 minutes away from the beach and like, I feel so landlocked. I'm so scared. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's true. Like it was only, you know, like an hour and a half drive away, but it's still, it was like, oh my gosh, it's so far. And I wasn't used to that. And it really is a blessing to be near the ocean. It, it, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I'm sure, you know, being so close to it, anybody who lives near it knows it's just, it drives everything in your life. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you put your head under the water, you're like, this is the best thing ever. Like you feel so accomplished. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So um, what have you been up to recently? You said you like diving and stuff. Have you been diving a lot? Yeah. So um, just this past June, uh, the very end of June, I went to um, Key West for two weeks with my husband. And uh, Key West is a really special place for me. It's some place I've been going to um, ever since I was a kid. I went there pretty much every year. And, um, I don't know, there's just something about it. It's even really different from where I'm at in Fort Lauderdale. So I went for two weeks and normally it's funny. Normally when I go, I only get to spend a couple of days there. So this was the first time that I got to just sit and really go exploring, do some things that I never had time to do before. Um, and our really good friends are down there. Um, Aaron and Madeline and Aaron runs a charter business. So he has a boat. So he was able to uh, help us plan a trip to the Dry Tortugas. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I love the Dry Tortugas. So I went once when I was a kid uh, for the first time. I took that that ferry that goes there. And ever since I was a kid, I was like, oh, my gosh, this place is amazing. And I didn't go back until just a few years ago. Um, and I got to go camping there for the first time. So um, out where the fort is, where Fort Jefferson is, they have a little campground, 
Um, and I've been trying to go back ever since, but it's, you know, it's a weather dependent thing in the summertime. It's always a lot flatter. So, um, you can, it's easier to plan a time to go over there because it, it's 70 miles from Key West, um, 70 miles West of Key West. So you need a good weather yeah. window to, to plan to go out there. But, um, and the dry tortugas are a marine protect, it's a marine park, a marine protected sanctuary. So, um, we went to see that part, but then also go spearfishing. We love spearfishing and you go spearfishing outside of the park. Uh, but you can, you can dive in the park though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing inside of the park. So there's one little Island called loggerhead key. That's um, just next to where the fort is at Fort Jefferson and loggerhead key. It's really shallow, but there's some amazing corals. there. amazing for Florida. Yeah. You know? And uh, so we did, we kind of split the trip in half. We did a, a little bit of spearfishing and then a little bit of just diving inside of the park and appreciating uh, the reef that's there, taking photos. That's My husband awesome. loves to take photos. So <laughs> we did a lot of that. Yeah, it was amazing. So how long of a drive is that from Fort Lauderdale or Lauderdale to uh, Key West? Uh, it's, I want to say about four hours. Really depends on the traffic. Oh, that's not like super bad. It's not bad, but it's not that close either. And it's mostly just because there's only one road to get there. You know, you got to take US yeah. one the whole way. So it yeah. just depends on how many other people are trying to get down there too. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I, I remember the last time I went there, uh, not the last time, but a couple of times ago, my dad and I were in Florida and he's like, hey, let's go tarpon fishing. And I was like, all right, sounds good. He's like, we're going to Key West. We went on the way there and my parents love stopping off to like visit stuff. And back then you were talking about appreciating where you came from, right? Like I appreciate the places my parents took me to now more than ever. Like we went to the Key West and like Key Largo and just Marathon and we just kept stopping all these places. I'm like, can we just get there? I want to go tarpon fishing, right? But now it's like one of those things. It's like the Keys are so pretty and so amazing. I really wish I could go right now and just stop every destination because there's so many good spots in the Keys and it's so pretty. It's so amazing. The water's warm. It's clear water. There's good fishing. There's so much stuff to do. But back then I was like, oh my gosh, like this sucks. Like I just want to get there, right? But that's funny that you said you spent two weeks there because that is probably like the most amazing amount of time to spend at that place. Yeah, it's true. And then because I was able to spend so much time there, um, you know, I was thinking about even things that aren't on Key West. Like I wanted to go to, um, there's a couple of different parks, like nature parks that are along the way. And so I got to spend a little bit of time doing that too. Uh, the name escapes me. It's closer to Marathon. I can't even remember. It was um, something hammock. I'll have to Google it again because it's another place that sounds just like it. So I keep getting them confused. I feel like I've heard about something yeah. of that. And it was so cool. I'd never been there before. And always, you always drive past it to get down to you know your final destination. But finally, because I spent two weeks there, I was like, I want to go check that out. Like, let's go up there. So I got to go up there and, you know, just hang out. Yeah, it's funny how your appreciation changes. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. So the last time you guys went, you went diving, you went spearfishing. How was that? Was it pretty crazy? Yeah, it was awesome. We got really lucky with the conditions. Um, so the first time that I did a camping trip there, it was just one night. This time, because it was so good, we got to spend two nights camping there, Um which was awesome considering, you know, we were splitting our time between spearfishing and like taking photos and just appreciating uh, the reefs out there. So we did really well. We got a um, an AP, an African pompano. We got a couple of groupers, some big hogfish. 
Um, I tend to not shoot hawkfish in Fort Lauderdale just because they're so small. But since we were out there, the, well, the one I shot was like pushing eight pounds, which, you know, wow. yeah, you don't really see that here anymore. Uh, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, that's a healthy one. I'm going to, let's get that. <laughs> what is the process like, like where you guys stayed outside of Key West to go spear fishing? Was it like a big process of like getting on a boat, going past like where, um, the areas that you can spearfish and everything. Like, was that a big process for you guys? Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't a huge process, but it does take a little bit of planning. So the campground is inside of the park. It's at Fort Jefferson. Um, so what we did was we packed, tried to pack everything in the boat, try to only take the essentials. Um, and you know, you're diving all day, so it's not like you need a lot of stuff. You just need like things to cook with, cook the fish that we caught and then um, just, you know, a place to sleep. And that was it. Um, plus our dive gear. <laughs> so we packed all of that in and we actually went to the fort first, dropped all of the camping stuff off. That way we could get the boat clear. Um, and when you go inside of the park, you have to keep all the spearfishing stuff inside of the boat. It's got to be put away. You can't have anything out. Um Due to regulations and stuff? Yeah, because you're not allowed to spearfish inside of the park. And it's okay to spearfish outside of it. That's fine. But, you know, you don't want to have anything out. Um, yeah. So we put, we packed it all away, stowed it all away. We went to the fort, dropped all of our camping stuff off. Um, and then the first day, oh, I lied. Before we got there, we actually shot, did we shoot that? Yeah, we shot an African pompano on the way um, just to have something to eat for the night. We're like, okay, well, you know, shot the one African Papano. Okay, that's uh, we, success. And uh, packed all that away and uh, went into the park, dropped all of our stuff off um, and just spent the rest of the day not spearfishing. We just actually uh, did some free diving on the reefs, took some photos, videos and stuff. Um, and it wasn't until the next day that we did more spearfishing. So, you know, you have to have that separation. Like you come into the park, and all the stuff has to be away. So planning out when you're going to go spearfishing, like that takes just a little bit of logistics, but it's not difficult, you know? Yeah. What's like the biggest difference between visibility inside of the park versus outside when you're spearfishing? Is it a big difference? So where we were, we spent a lot of time at Loggerhead snorkeling, like just, you know, free dive at Loggerhead Key. And that's really shallow, um, under 15 feet in spots. There were spots where it was like, three feet <laughs> yeah really shallow um the way that it is and it's really pretty coral so that visibility was pretty good just because of how shallow it was um the last day when we left the park and packed everything up and we were kind of going a little bit harder spearfishing um we moved around it kind of just depends like uh we had a lot of different spots that we checked out and you'd go and you'd hop in at one spot and it'd be like and eh, the visibility is really not great so you you know, get back in the boat, try something else. So it really just varied where we were. And uh, the last spot that we spearfished at um, on the last day was the best visibility that we had when we were spearfishing. Yeah, it was like crystal clear top to bottom. We were looking for groupers. We were in a spot that was like good bottom for groupers. And that, I wish that we could have started with that, but you never know when you're spearfishing, right? Like you just have to, you got to jump in, you got to check it out. <laughs> Is there swell that comes in? Are there like outer reefs in that spot that like has swell that pushes in, makes the visibility worse? You know, I don't spend enough time out there to know why it's good in some places and not others. Um, 
I think the tide has a lot to do with it. Like when the tide shifts, that's usually when I see the most um, visibility differences, like what's happening with the tide. Um, but with that zone, I, um, I personally don't know as much. Our friend Aaron, who took us out there, he he spends a lot of time. He's out there. dialed. Oh, he He's knows dialed. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that's usually how it goes. Like it's funny because I grew up here and I'm like super into fishing now. So like to understand where your friends are when it comes to like fishing and the currents and the tide changes and all that stuff. They know so much more than me. I thought I knew a lot of stuff and I know so much about the beaches, where the reefs are all the way up and down the coast of California. But they're so dialed in when it comes to like chloro changes and like color of water and stuff. And it's crazy how much of a difference that makes for everything. It so does. by you saying that, it's like interesting. Like you think... Like, I think I know a lot. And then you meet somebody else and you're like, okay, maybe I need to learn a lot yeah. still. And when it's a place that's not home for your, for you either. So, you know, the dry tortugas, that's not home for me. I only get to go there. I've only, I've only been there three times in my life. So I, I don't have that area dialed in as far as weather goes and uh, the tides and whatnot. But for Lauderdale, I got. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And that's, that's so good. And and same thing for me, right? Like I go surf a spot up and central or northern california and i'm like oh yeah i totally know what swell this is gonna hold and then i get there and i'm like oh wow the winds are really bad and the swell is not good for this it's a really bad direction but you learn from those experiences and like going out and traveling with people and like learning from them right it's so much fun yeah it is how deep was the water you guys were spearfishing in so a few of the grouper spots that we went to were, I want to say like 60 to the bottom, maybe 70. Um, they were kind of these little mushrooms that would come up. So like the bottom was deeper and then it was like this big mushroom head of coral uh, that would come up. The relief was maybe like 40 feet at the very top. Um, and those were really nice. The visibility wasn't awesome there, but it was good enough um, uh, to to spearfish it's almost better i think sometimes when the visibility is not great because then the fish don't see you coming either right <laughs> are you punching 60 foot dives yeah that's actually like I, that's probably that's pretty shallow considering like i've got some friends who are beast divers who are shooting fish in 100 feet i can't do that i'm not at that level i need to train a little more but yeah you're punching 60 foot dives like it's nothing i mean yeah, that's where they were. That is gnarly. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was talking to my friends the other day about like, I was spearfishing out of the kelp patties, like three miles out. We were getting yellowtail and I was diving like 10 feet and coming back up going, oh my gosh, I'm so dead right now. Like, <laughs> I mean, yes, I can punch a 60 foot drop dive if I like breathe up with no gear or anything, right? Like if I yeah. were to do a free diving course right now, maybe I could probably get to like 60 to 80 feet. I don't know. But that's gnarly. If you're diving 60 feet, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I think about that. I'm like, my mind's twisted on that one. Like, that's kind of <laughs> sketchy. You can do it. It, it, it. A lot of it is just practice. You know, um, before we went on this trip, I was working a lot and I didn't have time to go dive consistently. And then when you get back into it, you know, the first day, it's like, oh, look, I'm, I'm a little out of shape. But, you know, it comes right back to you. So, yeah. you know, with free diving, especially a lot of it's mental um, and a lot of it's stretching. So you, you can get there too. <laughs> yeah. How far out were you guys? What do you mean? Like, um, like how far out past, um, like the islands or wherever you guys were at? Not too far. I mean, each, like, I honestly don't know. We went to so many different spots, but 
the Tortugas itself is 70 miles from Key West. And it's west of Key West. And then all of the little spots we went to were like some spots like we we travel maybe like a mile and a half to get to the next one. Uh, sometimes it'd be maybe like a 20 minute drive to the next one. Um, again, this this was like Aaron's expertise. He, he had a lot of spots that he was um, trying to test out. I haven't spent enough time there to to have it locked in for me. So, you know, Aaron was um, a great help on that trip. Just sort of so dialed friend. in. We love him. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He knows he knows everything. <laughs> How good is that when you have somebody like that on a trip where you're just like, oh, yeah, I don't really know, but I kind of do. But yeah. also, I don't know the exact spots. Like, you know what to do when it comes to diving and spearfishing and stuff. But to have those people that show you certain spots that's how it is in the surf industry like i love surfing that's what i do so to have my friends show me surf spots i'm like wow this is really cool to know this person yeah that's what aaron does for us he's amazing he he's really got it dialed in over there so we were you know uh thankful for his friendship that you know we we could have a trip like that and have it be successful is really if it was just me and my husband going there i don't think we would have known where to start (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's kind of fun though at the same time too, because you get to adventure and try to find spots and stuff, but, but it's nice to have that foundation of someone, right? Yeah. What kind of gear did you guys use? Like what, what's your like go-to gear for diving? Yeah. So, um, I have a couple of Rife spear guns that I really like. The best. Yeah. Shout out Rife. Yeah. I, I like the Rife spear gun. So, um, I have one, I have the Marauder is like the big blue water gun. And then I have a smaller roof gun. Um, so we were shooting with those and, but I also like to pole spear. I love pole spearing for this trip. We brought the spear guns and we were doing spear guns first. And, um, I actually didn't, I didn't take the pole spear out, um, this trip, but that's something that I always like to do. I, I use a, the headhunter nomad, uh, pole spear. It's a pretty heavy duty pole spear. And I love it. Things solid. <laughs> the rights are so like user-friendly and they last so long. Yeah. It doesn't have all these bells and whistles. Like it's a simple, it's a simple spear gun. It's a simple setup. And I really like that. It, it makes things easier for me, but it, it's just less things to, to have go wrong. Um, and it works. I mean, it's, it's delivering. <laughs> when you're using your rice and stuff, do you have like double band, triple band? What kind of band setup do you have on your guns? So the Marauder has, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, oh no, wait, that one's not mine. I think the Marauder is four bands. Okay. So you set it with four. You can get some crazy fish with this Marauders, huh? Oh yeah. I mean, that's usually what I use when it's like Wahoo season. Um, and I like it for blue water too. So like with the African Pompano, um, the first one that I shot there, yeah, I was using the Marauder and I have that with a float setup. So especially for pelagic fish, like fish that are going to run um, in blue water where there's not, you know, obstructions. Uh, that's what I have it set up for. And it's got the distance, you know, especially for Wahoo. Like you need that distance. Uh, it's hard to get them close to you. So it does that with the punch that I need. And I love it for that. And then the smaller gun, like the reef gun, it's got a um, a reel on it. And that's what we were using for the groupers, the hogfish on those uh, mushroom corals works really well. You don't need the full float setup for that. 
When you guys were diving out there, what kind of fish were you guys going for specifically? Were you specifically going for like hogfish and groupers and stuff, or did you get anything else? For groupers. I mean, we we were looking for the APs for a while. Um, we uh, There was one day that I went spearfishing locally in Key West before we did the camping trip, um, and I got an African pompano on that trip. Um, and then, uh, but for most of the spearfishing spots that we went to, we were still looking for APs in the tortugas and some of the spots like you know they've uh they're set up where they could be there but sometimes you just don't see them it's hit or miss in blue water you know you got to drift you got to look you got to be patient and sometimes they're just not there or or you might see one and they're not within range and then that's the only time that you see it and you know that's just how it goes right (laughs) you're like oh man (laughs) yeah if they're not there they're not there and then you know we put our time in we're patient but you know, the day starts going on and you're like, all right, let's, let's try something else. Let's look at our conditions. Let's look at how much time we have left. And you evaluate things that way along the day. Um, so after a while we were kind of seeing like, Hey, I don't, you know, it doesn't seem like they're coming in here. So let's go look for groupers. So the rest of the time we were looking specifically for groupers and the hogfish just happened to be that same, same kind of reef structure. So I actually wasn't going for hogfish and I just happened to see there was one I shot. You're only allowed to take one per day. So I shot one the first day and then I shot another one the second day. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, I just seen them and they were bigger than I'm used to seeing. And I was like, all right, yeah, let's, let's have that. <laughs> How good is that? Yeah. Bonus How was the rest of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bonus fish for sure. How was the rest of marine life out there? Was there some crazy stuff going on? So this actually wasn't in the Tortugas. This was on the trip that we did locally in Key West. Um, When we were in the blue water looking for the African pompanos, I kept seeing all these little baby hammerheads, which I never see them small. I've seen hammerheads several times in blue water. You know, that's just kind of where they are sometimes, but they're always big, like big adult hammerheads. These were little guys, like little five footers. And I'd never seen that before. And tons of them, they kept coming in. And that was really cool to see. I, I haven't seen them like juvenile hammerheads like that. So that was pretty special. And then when you're doing the blue water, the conditions are typically really clear for the most part. So to see them in the clear water with the sun, it was cool. <laughs> what about like out in the Tortugas and stuff? Was it pretty crazy seeing like different fish? I guess it was kind of deep, right? So you're having to punch dives and like see that marine life. But is it like a big difference from where you're from towards like the Keys and stuff? Yes. With like marine life and everything? Yes. So because of how far the Tortugas are, um, you know, you really, you have to plan to go out there. You have to have the kind of boat that can take you out there. You have to bring enough gas to get you out there. You know, all of those things. It's not something that you usually just do for the day. You could do it just for the day, but you know, if you're going to go that far, typically you'd want to spend a little bit of time there. So because of that, because of how a little more remote it is, um, the the marine life I think is thriving a lot more. Whereas like here where I am in Fort Lauderdale, it's so accessible and there's so many people here. So here in Fort Lauderdale where I'm at, you have to start getting deeper and deeper and deeper before you get bigger and bigger fish. Anything in in like the 60 foot range where I'm at, it's it's not the fish aren't as big as they are in that same depth in the tortugas. (laughs) Specifically for the tortugas. Yeah, I was going to say, so like the fish are consistently bigger in the Tortugas than like maybe Fort Lauderdale or somewhere around the coast that way. At that depth, at the same, at like a comparable depth, 
consistently they're bigger in the Tortugas than where I'm at in Fort Lauderdale. Here's a question for you. Like if you were to go spear fishing right now, where you're from versus going to the Tortugas or whatever, like how many dives are you punching where you're from versus like going out there? Like, are you getting way better quality of fish out there than you are at home? I think they are. It's part of why I go out there and I like the challenge, you know, of like the remoteness. I like, I like being on a boat. I like being underway. I like doing something that's out there. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. It's there. an adventure, it's, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, seeing, I also enjoy just the process of scoping out spots. Some people are like, oh, I just want the numbers. I just want to get out there. I want to, um, you know, find the fish, shoot the fish and then go home. And I really enjoy the process of like, well, let's check this spot out. And, you know, you never know. It could be a spot that doesn't hold anything, but that's, that's part of the adventure. I really enjoy that part. Some people don't, <laughs> but I think it's cool. How many, how many dives do you think you punched when you were out there? Oh, I don't know. I mean, we, we dove all day, all day. I never, I actually don't wear a watch. A lot of people wear a watch. I stopped wearing a watch cause I was paying a lot of attention to the watch, like the depth on the watch and exactly what you're saying, like how many dives instead of <laughs> yes. what's going on around me. And I was like, oh, that doesn't matter. The numbers don't matter. Like, let's just, I want to focus having on the time. fish and the bottom and having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so good. Yeah. I feel like you get so involved in like social media or like technology. Like I always look at my watch. I have like the Apple watch and I'm like always looking on there seeing like how many calories did I burn so far? How yeah. many steps did I make? I'm like, why does it matter? Let's just go work out. If I get broke off, it's perfect. That's what I want. You know, like it doesn't matter. Let's just go have a good time and be physical or whatever. And just, yeah, I don't know. The, exactly. the whole technology thing is crazy. Especially for spearfishing, you know, like there's so many things that you need to focus on, not just your breath hold um, and not just the fish, but like your buddy too. And I think a lot of people, when they come up from the dive, they want to look at their watch and then they're fussing with the watch, but their buddy's diving next, you know, and maybe you're not paying attention. I don't know. I, I just like to focus. So yeah, I stopped wearing the watch. I have one, but I enjoy just being present. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So what was the biggest highlight of that trip, you think? Oh, uh, the Tortugas trip. Like, just just going and, and spending the three days that we were there and being able, cause normally when we go there too, we'll kind of pick one or the other. It's like, Oh, well, we're going to go, um, just shoot pictures or just look at stuff or just spearfish and being able to go out there and do both, um, was really cool. Actually, there was another day I haven't mentioned yet. There was one day that we were there locally in Key West where we went out to the mangrove islands like out there, you know, there's all those little mangrove islands. Um, you'll see them as you're driving there. They're everywhere. And um, Aaron has a really cool boat called a, a Ginu. It's like a canoe with a motor on the back. It's like a really awesome canoe, basically. <laughs> um, and it's like the perfect boat because it's it's typically pretty shallow in those zones. Perfect boat to go and explore these little mangrove islands. So there was one day when we went through there to some spots that he'd been to before showed us and the mangroves because they trap sediment they create all of these little tunnels that you can go through so it's just it's this crazy amazing habitat basically what these little mangrove islands create if if you've never been out to one before you should check it out you know take a paddleboard or if you have a little boat go go up in there and go get really in there you know and um there's so much wildlife like there was actually at one point we 
uh, happened upon this school of tarpon that were all swimming inside of where, like, how the mangrove uh, roots are. They're all swimming in between, like, in this open pocket wow. that we had created. At one point, I seen um, it was a couple of the juvenile goliath groupers, so the little ones. It's like the size of a normal grouper hanging out in there. And just tons of fish. There was horseshoe crabs in there. I mean, it's just like a ton of life in there. And the way that they're set up, they're literally like tunnels and swim throughs that you can go through. It's just, it's really cool. It was the first time that I'd really been inside of mangroves like that. And Dude, uh, that sounds insane. That was really special. I thought that was super cool. And the visibility was really good too, um, where that was. Yeah, it was a little adventure. <laughs> How long did you guys spend exploring that spot? That was like an afternoon. Um, that was a little afternoon trip. But man, I could have I could have spent all day there. And there's so yeah. many of them. That's a, <laughs> Sounds like it. Oh, totally. And that's what's cool about those is there's so many in the Keys. And here in Fort Lauderdale, we have some mangroves, but not like that. They've gotten rid of all of the barrier islands for the most part um, that are created by mangroves. So we don't really have that environment here. Uh, but there's lots of them down in the Keys, all parts of the Keys. And it's one of those things where I realized it's like, man, you could you could just do that for a week. <laughs> yeah. Like, just absolutely. check out all the different. Just go explore. Things. Yeah. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. Speaking of exploring, do you have any trips coming up? Yeah, actually. So James and I are going to French Polynesia in uh, yes! September. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I've never been. It'll be my first time going to French Polynesia. Um, we did a season in Tonga a few years back to go see humpback whales. Um, so this time we decided to try something a little bit different, try French Polynesia, see how it is there. We like to go to new places sometimes. You know, I love the old places. I'd go back to Tonga anytime. But it's nice, I think, to just try new things all the time, you know. Um, Where are you guys going to? I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Morea, Morea. Oh yeah, Morea, yeah, right outside of Tahiti. Yeah, so yeah. we'll be there. Yeah, I've been there. It's amazing. Have you? Oh yeah, I have. There's really good surf there, and also the diving is insane. Yeah, I think you it's can spearfish there too. You can. You can yeah. totally spearfish. I um, it's funny. I last time I was there, I was spearfishing off a kayak, having a great time, and uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, and we were just having the best time ever. And I shot a fish. And I was tying all the fish off to the back of the kayak and sharks were coming up and biting the fish. <laughs> so the kayak kept getting bumped by sharks. It was so funny. She's like, oh my God, Kieran, help me! Like freaking out. But I was kind of laughing because I'm swimming with the sharks. Like, yeah, whatever, who cares, right? But yeah. my fish got all like bit in half and stuff. I was like, oh man, whatever. Next oh, time I know, so like, <laughs> just make sure those things are safe. But yeah, no, Maria is amazing. It's so pretty. Yeah, I wanted to try the whole, we're going for the whales, but I was hoping that um, we could try to go spearfishing out there too. What did you catch when you were there? Oh, man, I don't even remember what I was catching yeah, last time. Yeah, they're Pacific fish. They've got a little a different species than we do in Fort Lauderdale. So, yeah. Are you guys flying into Tahiti then and then taking the ferry over? Yeah, it's the, um, well, it's Papit, Papit, I don't, again, I don't know how to pronounce um yeah i forget what it's, it's called yeah that main airport it's papieta 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 yeah <laughs> papieta i think i don't know yeah but that sounds awesome you guys are gonna you guys are gonna score yeah i'm excited i can't wait it's gonna so be so cool. pretty it's a, there's some amazing places in the world that we have not been to that i want to go to right like it's so amazing what you can go see and like adventure and see different types of fish that you've never seen before 
Yeah. And the terrain there is so different too. Like I was thinking about it, you know, we're going to be spending our whole time in Morea, but there's so many, like they have so many different little islands and uh, <laughs> I wish I could just spend, you know, just, just continue to move around and check them all out. I wish we had more time, but you know, save it for another trip, right? <laughs> well, that sounds awesome. Yeah. That sounds insane. You're stoked. Uh, Lisa, shout out your Instagram and your social media and stuff so people can follow you. Do you have a YouTube and stuff? I don't have a YouTube, um, but I do have Instagram. I'm Bobcat Lisa on Instagram. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That's easy. That's a simple one. Easy Bobcat to Lisa. Bobcat, yep. Rad. Well, thank <laughs> you so much for hopping on. It was so nice to meet you. This was fun. Yeah, you too. Thanks everybody for listening in to today's podcast. We'll catch you next time. Lisa, have a good time. Enjoy yourself in Maria. That sounds amazing. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Lisa. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.